Well, it's a lovely snowy morning. I think for many people are. We have people sitting with us in Canada, North America, Germany, Finland, Sweden. They've had tremendous snowstorms here. So I thought uh, today we'd talk about water and snow and the rain. But first let's uh, recite the sutra opening verse. I'll recite it three times and you can just be in Gasho. Some people wrote uh, this morning that they have snow outside their door of 10 meters tall. And it's quite an obstacle. It blocks them in. But you know, to the snow, there is no obstacle. To us, of course, it keeps us from going where we desire to go. But the snow just falls. And it falls on whatever it encounters. If it encounters a roof, it falls on the roof. If it encounters the ground, it falls on the ground. Or on a tree, on a stone. It just falls without complaint. It's the human mind that finds the snow to be cold to interfere with where we want to go. There are many images of the water that you'll find in Buddhist stories and Buddhist poems. Snow, ice, rivers, the ocean, rain, the mist, 
dewdrops. I thought today I would talk about some of those and just kind of go with the flow of where this talk is going to lead me. I'm just going to kind of dive right in and let it take me where it will. Why do we love images of the water so much? Because the water has much to teach us. You see, sometimes human beings were so smart, we forget the lessons that nature is teaching us. But sometimes the water, the trees, the mountains can be smarter than we are. Let me tell you a little bit about what I mean. There are so many images of the water. The water is very wise when it comes to obstacles it encounters. If it's flowing water, if it's a river, it just flows. If it goes slow, it just goes slow. If it's rushing, rushing, it just rushes along. It goes with its own flow. If it encounters an obstacle, let's say a great stone in its way, it goes around it, just bending around it. There's no obstacle. The water wished to charge ahead, and now it bends around. When the river is blocked, it simply finds a new course and begins from there. Behind our house here, there's a river. And you can see that over time it's moved, it's changed. It goes to the left. And if it no longer can go to the left, it flows to the right. Isn't this so much how we should lead, lead our lives? If it comes to a great stone, maybe it will go over the stone. If it comes to a great dam that completely blocks its way, it doesn't say, oh, damn it. It just stops. It's there. It becomes very still, very quiet, very clear. Oh, it may push against the dam with all its force, but if there's no breaking through, it just rests. Isn't that a good lesson for us in our lives when we meet the great obstacles. Go left. Go right. Go over. Or just stop. Be still. Rest. Wherever life takes you, that's where you go. try to make the channel we want, but we flow in the channel we get. 
But you know, don't underestimate the water. If it encounters a mountain, if it encounters something as big and impressive as a mountain, the little drops of water with time can wear away that mountain. One drop at a time. Oh, sure, it doesn't happen overnight. But the water gets smooth into the Grand Canyon, the hardest stone. Or it can just pierce into the mountain. Sometimes I describe Soto practice as becoming one with life by just seeping into it. Just like the water, when you pour it on the earth, it vanishes, seeps in. And life seeps into us too. This beautiful, miraculous life. There's a couple of images from Master Hakuin's Song of Zazen, in which he speaks of the beautiful peace, the Buddha seeping into us. It starts like water and ice. Without water, no ice. Outside us, no Buddha. Sometimes we're like little ice cubes looking for the water. It's all around. There's another line. If I remember how near the truth, how far we seek, like one in water crying, I thirst. There's something all around where we separate ourselves from this. We're like a ripple on the river looking for the river, a wave on the sea looking for the sea. Where does the ocean look for the ocean? Human beings push against life. We resist. But waves just flow down with the current of the sea. The ripples just flow with the river. And what makes the difference? Ah! Time for our special effects. We spare no expense on special effects around here. This will make it clear. This is a jar of water. See. And it's, it represents our mind. If I shake it, it becomes filled with ripples and bubbles. This is the thoughts and emotions that constantly cloud our mind, make it disturbed, make it upset and stormy. 
And what do we do in Zazen? We just let it stop. We let it settle. We let it become clear. And in doing so, what do we see? The Buddha, right through. Let me try that again. That worked pretty good. There's the Buddha, so clear. Our thoughts become stormy, cloudy, ripples and bubbles. We can barely see. What do we need to do? Nothing. Let it become silent. Let it become still. And it becomes clear right to the bottom. That was one of Master, great line, Master Dogen's great lines. It becomes clear right to the bottom. We can see right through. That is what we do in Zazen, Shikantaza, just sitting. You see, let's say I... The, the water is all disturbed, and what I do is I take my hand. See? Can you see my hand in there? If you're watching, if you're listening on the podcast, you're going to miss all this. So let me just say what I'm doing is shaking a jar filled with water, and it's getting all ripply, and there's a Buddha statue, and you can't see it. But if it's all ripply, and I take my hand, and I try to calm the water with my hand... What does it do? It just upsets the water more. We're trying to calm the mind, trying to force the mind down to be still, to be calm. In Zazen, we don't try to pat the mind down or force it down. We let it become still. We let it settle of its own. One of the best images I know for Shikantaza is this. Sometimes I speak about the blue sky and the clouds, but really I like this one even more because it expresses the, the life, the change. Our mind is like a river that's constantly flowing, and things come down the river, thoughts and emotions, let's say, like pieces of driftwood, like an old tree, like a, a stone being pushed down the river, comes through our mind. Like this old big branch, this big log is now into our mind, jumping around. What do we do? Just let it flow past. And let the river keep flowing. We're sitting with this water clearly flowing through the mind. And suddenly, another thought comes, like a, let's say, a great big pile of twigs and branches and leaves coming down, storming. We let it go. Or like a rainstorm. Things are clear, and suddenly it begins to rain and pour pour and storm and thunder, what do we do? It's just the weather, let it be. You see, some of this, you know, shows the great influence of Taoism too. 
in Zen Buddhism. When Buddhism came to China from India, there was the teachings of the Tao, the Way, which was rather nature-oriented many times. And we see this in some of these images that came into Buddhism and became Zen. Zen has a lot of Taoist influence in it. And some of that is to see just the cycles of time. You see, now we have the snow, but soon it will be the spring, where the, we say in English, while we don't like the rain, April showers bring May flowers. You know what I'm saying? Just let it rain. There are no flowers without the rain. If there's no rain, there's no life. There's no you and me. Most of us are made of water. 98% water. Life would be impossible. There's this great cycle where the water that is in the snow will melt, will go back to the sky, become the clouds, fall to the earth, become the rivers, nurture the flowers, and it all repeats. It all sustains our life. We don't like the weather. When we want to have a picnic, we don't want it to rain. But it does. We don't want the oil fan to sing Love Me Tender in the middle of our profound talk. But it does. Things happen. Now, someone posted an essay today that said something like, water always knows the right thing to do. It is never too much or too little. And from the water's perspective, I guess that's true, but certainly not from our perspective. Sometimes there are great storms. Sometimes there are hurricanes. I used to live in Florida, and we had these great hurricanes and tidal waves that would come washing onto the beach, and the rain would be terrible. Of course, if... A few years ago in Southeast Asia, there was the great tsunami where the ocean just rose up and swept untold people away. People like you and me. Nature does not always do as we wish. I spoke that at those times, all we can do is be as safe as we can but if the wave is going to get us, if the storm is coming to get us, well, we can find a safe room, we can close the windows, we can lock the doors, but at a certain time, the only thing to do is cast out your arms and let the waters carry us away, just merging into the water. There will be times in life where there is nothing more to do Nothing more you can do but throw out your arms and let it carry you away. Oh, you can try to swim. You can be the best swimmer in the world. And if you can swim back to shore, wonderful. But at other times, just trust. Just allow. Just let it be. Master Dogen, 
has some wonderful images of water. One of my favorites is from the Genjo Koan, in which he talks about the dewdrops, each dewdrop hanging from the grass or reflected in little pools of water. Imagine a, a field filled with little puddles of water or blades of grass with a thousand dewdrops, some big, some small, hanging from them. And above is the moon. Enlightenment, he writes. Enlightenment is like the moon reflected on the water. The moon does not get wet nor is the water broken by the moon. Although its light is wide and great, the great moon is reflected even in a puddle an inch wide. The whole moon, the whole moon and the entire sky are reflected in dewdrops on the grass or even in one drop of water. And so enlightenment does not divide you. Just as the moon does not break the water, you cannot hinder enlightenment. Just as a drop of water does not hinder the moon in the sky. The depth of the drop is the height of the moon. Each reflection, however long or short its duration, manifests the vastness of the dewdrop and realizes the limitlessness of the moonlight in the sky. In other words, perhaps, you are life come alive. And what you do is how the moon is reflected in you. If you choose to live one way, that is how the moon manifests. If you choose to live big and peacefully, when the moon is big and peaceful. If you choose to live small, filled with anger, disturbed and greed, then the moon has to be reflected in that. You manifest how the universe comes alive. You, right now. Master Dogen has some other images of that from, uh, for example, his San Suikyo, the Mountains and Water Sutra. See, water takes no form in every form. He says, water is neither strong nor weak, but it's strong and weak. If you are strong, it's strong. If you are weak, it's weak. Just like the water takes any shape. If you form it into ice, you can carve anything. You can carve anything out of it. Water is neither strong nor weak. It is neither wet nor dry. If it's liquid, it's liquid. If it's ice, it's ice. If it's mist, it's mist. It's neither moving nor still. Yet sometimes it moves and sometimes it's still. It's neither cold nor hot. Though there are cold times and hot times. It's neither diluted nor enlightened. But there are times we are filled with clarity and enlightened like this water here. Sometimes we are deluded and disturbed. 
You're like, he says in another section, you're like the water looking for the water. Hashem is going to have tea. Tea is made of water. Now water, like life, is how we perceive it. Some beings see water as wondrous blossoms. Some see it as fire. He's talking about Chinese mythology, where some hungry ghosts, as thirsty as they are, every time they try to take a drink, it's just like fire in their throat, like people who are so filled with greed that no matter what they acquire, no matter what they attain, it burns them. They're never satisfied. The fire of greed never goes out. Dragons see water as a palace. Some beings see water as treasure. Some beings see water as a forest or a wall. Human beings see water as water. It's all of those things. It's what we make it, you see. Sometimes water is alive. Sometimes water appears to be dead. Depending on causes and conditions, it's all those things. It's like the wave. One of the favorite images you see is the wave on the sea. That's who we are. You have the sea and the wave pops up and says, oh, I'm alive. Here, I'm the wave. Where did I come from? Where? Who am I? Does Not realizing it's the ocean. Not realizing it's the water. And then it's so fearful because it's going to fade away back into the water when its life is over. You see, not realizing that it's just the water, just the sea all along. That's who you are. That's who I am. You see. In every drop of water, innumerable Buddha lands appear. It's not a question about whether there is water in the Buddha or Buddha land in the water. Another one of my favorite images I spoke about. Uh, a while back is from Zenki by Master Dogen, in which he says that our life is like sailing a boat, sailing a boat on the sea. And we have ropes. And sometimes the sea is quiet, sometimes the sea is stormy, and we're just the sailors. But it's all one thing. The boat, the water, the sail, the rope. It's all this one great thing. And how we sail makes all the difference in the world. We pick a course, but there's no way to go. Yet we avoid the rocks. We avoid the shallows and the beaches and stay in a good place. If a storm comes, we do our best. Sometimes all we can do is, like I said, close the door put her hand on her head and say, take me where you will. Such is our life. Okay, well, it's the winter time now and we have all that snow, but you know, spring follows the winter. As Dogen said, spring is just spring, winter is just winter, but spring follows winter. So I thought I'd just close with one of Master Dogen's poems, if I could find it, about the winter, the snow. For many years I merely saw that mountains had snow, 
this winter suddenly I realize that snow completes mountains. Let's recite the verse to close the sutras and we'll sing we'll sit a little more zazen. May the effect of these teachings penetrate into each thing in all places so that we and every sentient being together may realize the Buddha's way. All Buddhas throughout space and time, all Bodhisattva, Maha Sattva Maha Prajna Paramita. Okay, let's sit a little zazen.
can't hear. I'm also going to start a new recording now if you're sitting with the recorded version.